helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Life Transformation Show. I'm Bettina Davimar, your co-host for today, and joining me in studio is Michael Hart, the award-winning psychotherapist of Elam Counseling Services. Today's show is entitled Biblical Characters with Physical and Neurological Diseases. It will be interesting as we discover and discuss the various characters in the Bible that have one or both of these diseases, just as many have today. Welcome, Michael, and let's get started on this very interesting topic. Thank you very much, Bettina. This show is going to be such an interesting show. I think we are going to be looking at biblical characters in a way that maybe you haven't heard it discussed before, and we are going to be uh, shedding light on these passages of scriptures and interpreting uh, scriptures in a way uh, from a mental health perspective and from a, a medical perspective that give you insight into the medical factors that influence the stories that we learned in Sunday schools and the stories that we have heard over and over again in sermons. So stay tuned. This is going to be a very interesting show. But before we go into today's show, let me welcome all my listeners who are, who are faithfully joined us week after week. And I know this is a growing audience. I'm getting more and more phone calls and emails and clients who have come to see me as a result of this show. So thank you so much for joining us again on another episode of the Life Transformation Show. But I would be amiss if I didn't welcome our first-time listeners. Maybe you're listening to us for the first time on on this radio station. We want to welcome you and to remind you that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30 a.m. Um, if you want to know how to get a hold of us, you can go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com or you can call us at one 877 Thank you so much. And so, so Bettina, we have some stories today that yes. we're going to be talking about, some biblical characters that we're yes. going to be talking about from a very different perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm quite excited to start this. Uh, we know a lot about the different stories you know as we you said growing up in Sunday school we know all these stories now one of them that we wanted to discuss about is about David and Goliath let's talk a little bit about that and Goliath specifically yes in the story of David and Goliath we have the story about this giant that this shepherd boy at the time David who became King David but at the time he was just a shepherd boy who was shepherd in his father's flock and he uh, came to the scene of the battle and as the story goes his brother when he saw him there chastised him and said you're just a troublemaker you're here you shouldn't be here Hmm. in essence is what his bigger brother was saying to him but as the story unfolds we see this drama this tremendous drama that is developing where all of a sudden, David is on the battlefield and he's face to face with this giant Goliath. And historians tell us, and from the measurements given in the Bible, that Goliath was anywhere from between 8 to 10 feet 
tall. Yeah. And so this is quite a giant of a man. And he is coming up against a shepherd boy. But as the story goes, Bettina, there are some very strange things that started happening in that story. Yes. And, you know, I'm really... Uh, you know, impressed at how David dealt with this big giant. And I'm wondering what happened that this giant, David was able to defeat the giant. Yes, the God was involved, but this was a huge, tall giant. What would have, what could have happened? So what are some, what, I guess what you're saying, Bettina, is what are some of the other yeah, factors? Yeah, what are so some of the we, other factors? Right, so we know that God can use uh, circumstances to our advantage. Yes. And so the fact that I'm going to be showing you from this show that Goliath had some physical abnormalities about him that made David successful in this story doesn't by any means take away from the fact that God was involved. So we want to set that record straight, Bettina, before we go forward mm-hmm. in this show, that we are not trying to minimize the miracle, no. and we are not saying that God was not involved. But you would agree with me, Bettina, that God can use circumstances to our advantage. Absolutely, Michael. Yes, I do agree. Okay, so let's talk about some of the medical circumstances that were probably at play in the story of Mm -hmm. David and Goliath, in particular in the life of Goliath. So we we know that there is this condition that exists where people, uh, growth hormones can uh, get out of the normal range because of a problem with their pituitary gland. Mm -hmm. And it's a condition that is called acromegaly. And it's a condition where the person grows and grows and grows, and it results in a lot of physical abnormalities, such as problem with the joint, which is called arthropathy. So this problem with the joint, it it results in a disease of the joint where the person, although they are large in size, they are not very agile. And so I think In Goliath's case, he was a big giant, Mm -hmm. but he was clumsy. His movements (laughs) were labored. And we know from uh, scientific studies that have been done that when you have this problem with your pituitary gland, probably because of a tumor, what they call pituitary adenoma, that is affecting probably a tumor that is pressing against the optic nerve that it would result in blurred vision Mm -hmm. as well. So I want you to picture this battlefield in a different way than you have heard it before. So we have Goliath. He's a big giant of a man, but he is not agile. Not only is he not agile, but his vision is blurred. And so in, in just in the event that you're thinking that I am going too far out of a limb here today and you're going to call me after this show and say, <laughs> where in Scripture do you come to this kind of a conclusion? I welcome your call because I'm going to be talking, telling you now where I get this. Oh, yes. The Scripture tells us that he had someone going before him, someone carrying his shield mm-hmm. before him. 
So he's on the battlefield, he's going into battle, and he had someone leading his path. And so it's possible that because of this problem with his optic nerve, because of the tumor in his pituitary gland, he's not able to walk in a normal path the way that most warriors would. So he had to have someone leading his path. And I think also the way that David was able to come up on him so quickly and to get in it within striking distance before he could get his shield up means that not only was he clumsy, but his vision was blurred. So he couldn't see how David was approach, approaching him. And vision difficulties is a very well-known conditions for people who have this problem with their pituitary gland. So as I, again, as I said before, that I am not minimizing the miracle that God mm-hmm. did in this case, because this man was still a dangerous man. Right. But I am saying that there are circumstances in this that made him, made him uh, susceptible to being defeated by a young, agile, fast-moving David. Another thing that we see from Scripture that makes us know that something was wrong with Goliath's sight is the comment that he made when he said, Am I a dog that you're coming after me with sticks? Theologians and historians tell us that David would not have been coming after him with sticks. David would probably have one stick, a staff. But to someone with blurred vision or vision difficulties, you could easily see how this one stick may look like many sticks in the hand. So this comment that Goliath is making, am I a dog that you're coming after me with sticks? sticks? There were no sticks in David's hand. Uh, how would that work? Why would he have so many sticks in his hand? So there is there is scriptural evidence there that he, there is something about his vision that wasn't working pro- properly. His mm-hmm. depth of field was probably off, which allowed David to come at him in a manner that he was not able to to uh, to to see and to overcome in the battle that ensued. Michael, would you say that all, as as well he was very, very slow in the way he he maneuvered? Because I'm thinking this is a big, tall giant and David is short and yes, he's agile, but this was, you know, I'm thinking he was maybe even operating very slow because of his stature. Absolutely. I, I think that that's absolutely the case. And I remember one of the fights that, I witnessed in my high school, there was this big bully, and mm. I still remember his name, but I won't say it just in case he's listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, but you know, it's a small know. world. It's but true. he was like 6'9", <laughs> when the rest of us were like 5'2". Oh, yes. And he, everyone was just scared of him because of his size. Right. But one day he picked on this little guy that was about 5'2", that was not afraid, mm. and decided to take him on. And it resulted in a very embarrassing defeat for this big fellow because he was big. And yes, everyone were afraid of him, but he was not 
agile uh-huh. and he was easily defeated wow. and humiliated in that fight and let me say i'm not advocating violence here. <laughs> or bullying <laughs> or, or bullying no I, I'm, I'm just saying something <laughs> that happened and to answer your question that yes yeah. there 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 was the size different mm-hmm. but the size probably worked in david's favor right so let me use this to look at it from a psychological lens mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. because i think there are some giants in our lives that ah, yes. we we are afraid of tackling we're mm. afraid of taking mm. on and those things look like unsurmountable things but just the fact that they they seem unsurmountable doesn't mean that you cannot achieve them this story about david taking on goliath and realizing that once he got on the battlefield that this man uh wasn't so hard to defeat is a way for us psychologically to look at our difficulties. Some of the biggest problems that we face and we're afraid to confront, if we just take that first step mm-hmm. towards the problem, we will start seeing ways in which we can right. go further and further and be successful. But the problem is, many of us, we look at the size, we look at the magnitude of the challenge, Absolutely. and we don't take that first step. And that results in our downfall. So much truth in what you're saying, Michael. I Listen, I'm so interested in what is coming up next. This show is so incredible in that there must be other characters in the Bible that have displayed different neurological or physical um, diseases. So which one would we talk about next? I want to talk about Samson next because Samson is one of those biblical characters that we find a lot of strange things happening with this man. And one of the things that stands out with Samson is that he has these strange eating behavior. Yes. Like if you read the, the book of 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 judges, judges in general, you'll see that Samson did some weird things in terms of eating. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we are told is that he ate honey from the carcass of a lion. Mm-hmm. And when we read that, many of us, we just skip over that and and, <laughs> and go, to, go to the next verse because it doesn't make <laughs> it doesn't any make sense. sense. <laughs> it's so true. I'm thinking, so he probably defeated this lion or other, another animal or whatever, and he's maybe on the way home and he just stops and takes, that's so weird. It starts taking the honey from Who from would there. do that? Who, <laughs> who, who I mean, eats honey wait? from the carcass of a dead animal? <laughs> yeah, a dead animal. And let me say so. hello to our listeners out there who haven't <laughs> given this a second thought so far that there is something strange about that behavior. But before we get further into mm-hmm. that, I see that we're about halfway through the show. Mm. And at this point, we usually give out our contact information yes. again. So you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And with me in studio today is... Bettina Dalmar. And we are talking about biblical characters with physical and neurological diseases. If you have missed the first part of this show, then you can can listen to this podcast by going to our website 
uh, and access our YouTube channel. All of the over 200 podcasts are now on our YouTube channel. I'm happy to say that since we have posted these podcasts and our channel about a month ago, we have over 250,000 plays wow. on our channel of people from over 50 countries in the world now. So we want to thank you so much for those of you who are listening to yes, us online for becoming faithful listeners of this. And for those of you who want to know how to get a hold of us, then you can uh, go to our website, elimconsignministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And you can call us at one 844 Three five four six. So, Bettina, we are mm-hmm. talking about our second character, yes. Samson, and we just said that there is some strange behavior, and uh-huh. one of the strange behavior that I talked about before we we took that break there was him eating honey yes, from the carcass. carcass. Of a lion. Strange. You know, I used to listen to that thing in, in, in Sunday school and I was just thinking, this is weird. This uh, is a weird man. But none of my teachers ever explained. Right. Have you had a teacher that explained to Not you at all, what's Michael. going on? Even in Bible college, no one ever <laughs> talked about that. All Maybe right. they didn't know. I have no okay, idea. Okay, <laughs> so stay tuned. You have so the now answer. we are going to talk. <laughs> We're going to talk about what's really going on with this man. And so, uh, Samson probably had some kind of autism. Mm. It is now shown that about 90% of children with autism have some kind of eating problems. Uh-huh. And they have, they have identified four different categories of eating problems that uh, children with autism have. And they are now saying that if you have young children, you can start to see whether or not there is autism present mm-hmm. by seeing whether or not there is any of these four types of eating problems identified. So the first kind of eating problem is what they call food rigidity. And in food rigidity, so I'm going to talk about the four types and then we'll see if you can tell which of these types Samson exhibited. All right. So there, so there is, there is food rigidity. And in food rigidities where children with autism, they will, they will be very rigid about the kind of food that they eat or they don't eat. So they will say, I like food that are black in color or I won't eat anything that's red. So you're saying they're picky. They're very, they're, they're very picky. They're mm-hmm. very rigid mm-hmm. in, in, in the food rigidity. Wow. Or they, they will just eat certain, certain. types, mm-hmm. types of food. And then there is sensory abnormality where the, the child with autism, it can be the color as well, but it can also be the texture. Certain food with certain feel, they just won't eat because they don't like the feel of that food in their mouth or even how the food look. So this sensor, a lot of children with autism, they won't even try new types of food mm. because they will just look at it and just say, I don't like that. It's so off. there is this sensory <laughs> abnormality. abnormality. But then the third kind is what we call behaviors with health risk associated with. And so there's a a word where these children sometimes eat things that are, wouldn't be eaten by other, they would eat 
materials that are not supposed to be edible. Right. Like they might eat sand or they might start chewing on plastic mm, and mm-hmm. things like that. Or they might eat things that other people would find gross and right. dirty. And so that's the third kind. And then the fourth kind is rapid eating behavior, where children with autism, they sometimes eat very fast. So which of the four do you think? Wow. Okay. So, so the, is it, the, it, it is the third one, it's right? It's the third one. I'm, the, I was going to say. The third one, right? Yeah. Where you have this this eating behavior. Abnormal. Weird kind, abnormal eating behavior. Yes. Like who would eat honey yeah. from the from carcass? carcass. Of, of a, a lion. They animal. find that really strange. Right. That's so interesting. Whew. Yes. And so Samson probably had some kind of autism. Mm-hmm. So just in case you think I am out on a limb, as I say that, let's think about some of the other things in the Bible that make us realize that something is off with Samson. Mm-hmm. One of the other characteristics of, of people with Autism, according to uh, Professor Hap, he states that people with, and Hap is H-A-P-P-E, H-A-P-P-E, he states that people with autism sometimes are not aware of how they are being manipulated Hmm. by other people. People. That's a big one. Is that begin to ring a bell in the story of mm-hmm. of Samson, of Samson and, and, Delilah. and Delilah, <laughs> yeah. right? So most of us, we read that story and we go, what's wrong with this man? Right. Like every time your wife ties you up, there are guys coming in to yeah. kill you. After the, you first, after the first time, <laughs> right? How, how would you think about that? Yeah, I'm thinking like, okay... Something must be up. I would have thought, you know, if I was Samson, something's up. How come every time she asks me those questions about my power and everything, these people come and yes, I'm able to defeat them, but one every time, what's happening? (laughs) Right. So, so Samson is probably having some as some kind of autism where he's not able to look at the situation Mm. in an adult way. Most men in that situation would say, Delilah, what's up? Mm. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. There is something going on. Why are you so keen to find out about my strength? Mm -hmm. And why is it that every time I tell you a source of my strength, I am being attacked. Right. But Samson seemed (laughs) not to be aware that he was manipulated and it led to his demise. So I know that there are some of you with adult children who have autism and they might be in relationship with other people and you're saying that is so true Michael because I watch my son being taken advantage of by older women and some of some people with autism they're very brilliant in other ways and so they have good jobs and they 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 make a successful life and mm. and so we see that Samson had had had, had was good in terms of he was very physical and very strong. There was nothing wrong with him physically. But a lot of times with children with autism, there are other things that are a little bit off mentally. And so for Samson, it was this this inability mm-hmm. to perceive that he was being manipulated. manipulated and deceived. And it led to his demise. So I think there are good biblical evidence there that there was something wrong with how he allowed himself to be manipulated. I agree, Michael. 
Now, there's another biblical character that uh, you are probably going to discuss. One that when he got older, he started having some eye issues. Can we talk about this biblical character? Yes, and this is Isaac. We know the story of Isaac from Genesis, in particular Genesis 26, 27, and chapter 26 and 27. Mm -hmm. We see some things happening in this story that would make us feel that there was something we know that there was something wrong with his vision, but we right. want to say that there there was uh, maybe some kind of diabetes that led to d- difficulties with his vision right. in the case of Isaac. But if we look at it, it's not just blindness that he has, but we know that uh, diabetes also affects also the way that we perceive touch. Right. And it is called peripheral sensory neuropathy. And this is where our peripheral sensory neuropathy, and this is where our sense of touch is altered by the disease of diabetes, Mm -hmm. where we start feeling numbness in in our hands, numbness in our feet. And when we touch things, we begin to lose the sense of touch. And just just if you're beginning to think that I'm going crazy (laughs) by, you know, saying these things about Isaac, let me take it to where I I draw these conclusions. Do you remember that part of the story, Bettina, where we are told that when he was being deceived by his wife and his son, and Jacob came to him, and Jacob put on goat skin right. on him and came to his father. And when his father touched him, he thought it was Esau. Right. Now, let me ask you this. If you were to touch, how many of us have touched goat skin or, you know, some <laughs> furry animal? I can sure, I'm, I, I'll bet that the, the, the skin of Esau didn't feel like that. That's right. There was no, matter no how way, hairy no matter Esau how hairy Esau, Esau is, he would not have as much hair. No, it wouldn't be as thick. And wouldn't be as thick, right, no. as someone with gold skin. And, and again, I used to hear this story in, in, in Sunday school, and I would go, how, this <laughs> doesn't too. seem to make sense. I know. Right? How can you feel goat skin and think that it's your son? Mm-hmm. But when you look at it from the perspective of someone whose sensory sense of touch is beginning to deteriorate because of diabetes, yeah. you can see how he would feel this goat skin and just all he would say, this is hairy. This and is he would it. go from there to think that this is his son. And so he was easily deceived because his health was failing, Mm -hmm. because his sense of touch was beginning to go, and he was not able to differentiate between what a human skin with hair would feel like and what the sense of touch and, and what goat skin would feel like. So we have these conditions, these physical conditions yeah. that led to his demise. And let me use this to say from a medical perspective that if your health is beginning to fail, if physical things mm-hmm. are beginning to happen, do not spiritualize it because oh. it doesn't matter 
who you are, you need to get help. Such a good Because point. you will begin to make mistakes in your perception of circumstances, in your perception of what's happening around you. True. And so don't spiritualize. Get mental health help and get physical, get, right. get uh, medical help mm-hmm. from your doctor. So Bettina, I see that we have a lot more to talk about yes. today and we have about two more minutes. So we're oh. not going to be able to get into that, into into those other things that you would like yes. to talk about today. But if you have any questions about this show, about any other show that we have done, remember you can always get in touch with us by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at 1-877-544-3546. And again, I want to thank you so much for listening. And remember to go to our website to hear the first part of this show if you have missed it. And last week, we talked about the link between depression and inflammation using Psalm 38. And there's a lot of studies now that is showing that the aches and pains that people feel in their body, a lot of what is called fibromyalgia and Lyme disease, may have a link to depression as well, or or vice versa. So again, go to our our website, elimcounselingministry.com, and you can link from there to these topics. And remember also that we are a non-profit organization, so we count on your donation to continue to make this show possible. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Bettina Davomar. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.